Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to another episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Steven Sklansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Sklansky. Sit. Uh, I'm not a dog? Stay. Well, I can do that. We're recording. Perfect. Speak. <laughs> Rough. Okay, perfect. You're not as bad as Santa's little helper. Now, you know, last week's episode was quite fun. I know, right? We had a very special Simpsons guest. Yeah, he was, he was a pretty cool guy. He calls I, himself the Simpsons man, as you heard. And uh, he's definitely a Simpsons man. So uh, as... Uh, as as Steve was alluding to, uh, trying to get me to sit, stay, and speak, this week's episode, episode 16 of season two, Bart's dog gets an F. Man, it's another so, one of those Bart-centric episodes again. Yeah, Bart got an F, and now his dog's getting an F? Something's wrong with Bart. <laughs> I mean, well, we'll get into that. Uh, so, the air date of this episode was March 7th, 1991. So we're getting, we're getting into spring. I mean, we're getting close to the end of the season. We're on episode 16. We got, I believe, six episodes left. If I've done my math right, I think there's 20, I think, I think there's 22. 23 or 22. So we got six or seven left. I thought it was, yeah, six or seven. Uh, so to recap, Bart's dog is sent to obedience school after he destroys Homer's expensive new sneaks. Oh boy. Yes. Yikes. Uh, chalkboard gag. I will not sell school property. And so when I saw this, I was like, this seems really familiar. And so I looked back through our notes. Yeah, this was a repeat from when Bart got hit by a car episode. Yep. They're getting they're getting lazier. They are. And speaking of repeats, the <laughs> Simpsons, including Santa's little helper and Snowball 2, all sit on the couch. Another repeat. I don't remember which episode that was, but come on, Simpsons, get your game together. I know it's season well, it's funny. two, okay. but <laughs> so we we've talked about this so far in season two with all the Bart episodes, like Bart gets an F, Bart's dog gets an F, Bart is gets, Bart the daredevil, Bart like, gets hit by a car, Bart gets hit by a car. It's it's like the lazy the lazy titles of the episodes <laughs> have started kind of filtering into their uh, couch gags and chalkboard gags. Now, to be fair, when they started season two they wanted to center it more on bart because bart was really popular in the early 90s yes as we've alluded to quite a bit actually so i get i get the bart centric episodes but you could throw us a new chalkboard or a new couch gag you don't have to repeat them yeah how hard is it to write a chalkboard gag? come on well, i mean there's over 300 there's over oh there's almost 700 episodes i mean how hard could it be uh <laughs> So we open this episode uh, with the newspaper boy throwing newspaper at Holmes and throws one to the Simpsons. Homer gets out, gets outside to grab it. And uh, so does Santa's little helper. And they, they have a little tug of war over the paper and it rips in, in, in half, kind of. Well, see, that's what you would, you're alluding to. Like the, the way that it's pictured is Santa's little helper is uh, with Homer or Santa's little helper is at the bottom. Homer's yep. at the top. They're tugging back and forth. He rips it. Obviously, Homer's like, yeah. but then when, but then when he sits down at the kitchen tables and opens it, the hole is in the middle of the. Table. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an uh, animation error. That's got to be. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, we I, we, I just, we grew up reading newspapers. Like, I think we know where where a paper rips and where it would happen. But before we get to the kitchen table with with the dog i i wanted to point out that if our dog were to run outside oh he would have been gone he would have been gone and he, charlie charlie ran away and so did cooper so through the episode obviously we're going to talk about how bad santa's little helper is but at least he didn't run away yeah we'll get to that in a second we'll get to that in a second they're sitting there for breakfast and santa's little helper is looking at homer's food and homer's like no that's my food 
But from the perspective of Santa's little helper, we see, you know, gray. And by the way, dogs do not see gray. They see in like a couple colors, but it's not just gray. But we didn't um, learn that. I don't, I guess I didn't do the research on that, but it wasn't until I think like mid two thousands where doctors actually determined that. That's true. In so the nineties, it was still in gray. Uh, but it really wasn't. <laughs> but it really wasn't. But that's what we uh, thought back in the nineties. And, and all the dog hears from Homer is like blah 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 nonsense and just stares at the food, which sounds like most dogs staring at you. Yeah, yeah. And I like how it's you know, and then Homer, you know. Oh, I guess the next shot is Lisa in her bed sleeping. And yep. we find out that she has the mumps. And I like how Marge diagnosed that like right away. It's like, it's like Marge had the mumps at some point. Yeah, and, exactly. But then, but then it, it goes back down to Homer and Homer's yells up at Marge that the dog is hungry. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, feed him. And then in the, in the background, you see the dog jumping up on the table, eating Homer's breakfast. And Marge is like, well, feed him. Did he fed himself? Now, you know, we grew up with dogs. I mean, we grew up with, with one at a time, but especially with Cooper, because he was so much taller, you couldn't leave your plate at the edge of the table. Oh, actually, he, uh, he, my, my dog right now, Bob, dude, yeah. dude, you can't leave anything on the table. He will literally <laughs> jump up on table. He'll jump up on our island now. And our table oh. is about a foot shorter than our island, and he'll yeah. get up on the island now. So it's not, it's not, uh, unusual is not the word I'm looking for, but uh, it's not improbable that Santa's little helper could jump up on the Simpsons dining room table and eat the food. Now, whether the table would stand on all four legs while he did it, that's another story. So next scene, we get uh, Santa's little helper in the backyard tied up on a, on a chain. And you could tell he's walked that path because it's just dirt. Like they said, oh, they put him out well, there. The and weird it, thing about it was, well, that's the weird thing. Yes. So it, it seems like this, the radius was stretched as far as he could go. Santa's little helper's chain could go. So that doesn't mean that it was scraping on the ground. I don't know how you no. get, I could see if it was like a path in a circle around the radius of the extension of the, of the, but um, also he chain. dug up the, but he also dug up the ground too, because we see him dig out a, uh, Krusty the clown doll. Um, later, a little bit, a little bit later, we see him trying to bury a potted plant. So, I mean, I'm sure he dug up a lot of that too. Yeah, but it, it was, it was more flat. The ground seemed to be more flat than it was. I mean, dogs pat down the dirt, don't they? When they bury things. I guess so, but that was, seems really flat. So uh, one thing we one thing we didn't miss when when Marge actually tries to wake Lisa up is, despite being sick, sick Lisa did not want to go to school. No, she did. Or, or, she, or she did want to go to school. Yeah. It was just so, like, I know we waking up when we were sick, we were like, I'm, yeah, great, free day, we're not gonna go. I mean, to be fair, even when we weren't sick, we didn't want to go to school. So exactly, something's wrong with Lisa. I mean, well, but we're, we're, Bart, Bart even knows something's wrong with Lisa. Yeah. So now, you know, Marge calls Dr. Hibbert because she's panicked about uh, Lisa. And Dr. Hibbert's like, how did you get this number? So how did Marge get Dr. Hibbert's home phone number? I My mean, guess clear- would be is she called the office. Yeah. And he's not at the office. And yet, obviously, because... It, it seemed like they were eating dinner as a family, but my guess is it would have had to have been breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. Cause it was um, morning. Exactly. And then they talked to the receptionist receptions like, Oh, he's not in or maybe not in today. Even yeah. she's like, well, Lisa's dying. She's on her last <laughs> legs. I got to talk to Dr. Herbert. And that's how the phone number. And that's why I think he's like, Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. So, and also Dr. Herbert's home and family resemble that of the Cosby show, which at this time, the Simpsons were battling for ratings on Thursday nights. So, which I think I is mean, kind of funny because they're like, you know what? Let's make the, the Hibbert fan. Let's, let's go all in on this whole Cosby thing to maybe, maybe pull in some of those uh, viewers <laughs> be like, Hey, if we're, we're looking like the Cosby show, maybe more viewers will come. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, they, they do a lot of things over the years to, you know, reference other television shows. So obviously this was just the beginning of it. Oh yeah. We get to the next scene and Bart walks in and he's like, no way she's faking it. If Lisa stays home, I stay home. And Lisa's like, if Bart stays home, I'm going to school. (laughs) It's like, it's like Lisa just doesn't want to be around Bart. And then Bart's like, 
fine. Then, uh, wait a minute. If Lisa goes to school, then I go to school. But then if Lisa stays home, so I stay home. So Lisa goes to school. <laughs> and and Marge is like, Lisa, don't confuse your brother like that. I, I feel like it's not that confusing, but as we know, Bart has the male Simpson gene of stupidity. So, well, we don't know that yet, but clearly Bart is Homer's kid. And uh, yep. so Marge is like, Marge hands him Bart's lunchbox and they're like, all right, go to school. And yep. uh, before before that, Bart tells Lisa not to wait, waste the mumps like she did with chicken pox, which I thought was funny because... Uh, I, I don't think I had chicken pox. I believe you had chicken pox and you stayed home for like three days. If I remember, I mean, well, I was really to. young. It's well, it's contagious. Like, yeah. so that's the funny thing about the, the statement is at least I know growing up in the nineties, people stay at home and they had the chicken pox cause it is contagious. Yeah. One thing we learned from South park later on is they have like, they had chicken pox, pox parties part. with the kids. So they would all get chicken pox. And obviously we learned that you don't do that. Cause some kids Shingles. have, you know, they get affected different ways than other. And, other and also do. if you get the chick, chicken pox later on in life, you can develop shingles. So yes, I mean, probably not a good idea to get your kids sick. No, but that it is kind of crazy that Lisa actually went to school then with the now, chicken pox. Now we don't know if she went to school. I'm assuming she did, but it also, I mean, as we learn later, Bart actually does bring Lisa's homework back. So maybe she didn't go to school, but she still did her schoolwork. That's possible. Cause yeah, none of us wanted to do schoolwork. If we were sick, we stayed home and yeah. played video games, watch TV. Yeah. And so Bart walking to the school bus, we see him walk past uh, Santa's little helper and Santa's little helper's like, well, pff, I'm going to go. Yeah. And so he breaks his, uh, never, never break collar. It's only 89 cents. It, I, I could see why it never breaks. <laughs> <laughs> but it obviously did that time. Yeah. So, you know, and so Bart boards the bus and, and he's like, uh, the uh, Santa's little helper wants to get on the bus too. And Otto's like, Hey, your furry little friend can't come with. And Bart and so, tells him to go home. And once again, Santa's little helper doesn't understand the command to go home. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Clearly, blah, blah, clearly blah, blah, blah. the Simpsons never tried to train this dog. No, which the funny thing is I get, he was a horrible race dog, but I feel like if you're breeding and racing dogs, you kind of have to train them to do something. So it seems but, like, but don't Hulk forget was, he was very bad at racing. He always came in last. Doesn't mean he was okay. Yeah. He was bad at running fast. I guess <laughs> would be the way to put it, but he still ran around in a circle, chased the rabbit, what have you. But I feel like you still have to be trained to chase the rabbit. Maybe he wasn't trained really well, and then he just forgot all of his training. I guess that's possible, but at least, so Shay, Shay really wants to get a Greyhound, okay. and the Greyhounds you adopt from racing usually is like two and a half, three years old. That's when they basically retire Greyhounds. Sure. So I feel like at two to three years old, you should know, sit, stay, those commands. But yeah. Santa's Little Helper apparently just never learned. And so... Before you said Santa's little helper never runs away. Well, you know, he broke off his collar and he did kind of run away. Yeah, he wandered through Springfield. He went to a poos or yeah. well, the quickie mart. And he got some beef um, jerky. Well, yes. I mean, if you're going to get anything from the quickie mart, at least the beef jerky might be safe. Yeah. And then uh, he ends up in uh, a neighbor's pool, uh, Sylvia Winfield, who I'm pretty sure we never see again. You know, I was looking at her and there might be one or two other scenes. It's, it's kind of funny with the Simpsons, as we'll discuss later on, once they get to the uh, obedience schools, like we see Jacques again. I mean, we do see secondary or even Z characters, Yeah. even if it's in the background, like even if it's just, you know, they're not speaking, they don't have any talking roles, but we see a lot of characters in the background. Yeah. And so my guess is I think I've, I recognize her. I think she shows up again but not necessarily yeah. as a speaking character. And uh, so Sylvia Winfield is voiced by Tracy Ullman of the Ullman show fame of where the Simpsons, you know, originated from. Well, they had to bring her back for something, right? I mean, and they brought her back for two things in this episode. We'll get to the second. I know. Thing. But, but so 
I, I like the fact, I feel like, so then she lives on the Simpsons, the same block. I'm assuming she's like, I don't know. Yep. I don't, she's like, I don't know anyone in our neighborhood with such a horrible dog. I like how the Sam's little helper's just swimming around in the pool. He's not doing anything she, wrong. He's going no. for a swim. Dogs like to swim. Yeah. I mean, that and was the so, great thing about Charlie, though, is when he ran away, there was a pond in our neighborhood he would always run to, so you knew where he was. Exactly. I think that's the best part. We always knew where he ran away to. We didn't have to go hunting for him. Yeah. Um, but I do like how uh, Sylvia calls it, uh, calls it the, I guess you would call it the animal control, the dog warden. <laughs> or dog catcher, but she calls him the dog warden. And Homer is like, go ahead, call the dog warden. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, our dog is chained up in the backyard. I did it myself. I'm looking at him right. Doe. Yep. And he's gone. So then he heads out to the front to, you know, try to, try, I'm assuming, try to track down Santa's little helper. And he goes to Sylvia's place, grabs him. Yep. And then as he's walking back, he runs into Ned. Or in this case, Mr. Universe. <laughs> he's in his tracksuit. He's jogging. He's got ankle weights. He's got a heart monitor. I think, doesn't he, isn't he carrying around little weights in his hand too? Uh, no, Yeah, weights. Yep. Yeah. Like, he's just all, I mean, you know what? Got to keep in good health though. And so he's wearing the new assassins and Flanders is like, you know, they got Velcro straps, a water pump in the tongue, built-in pedometer, reflective sidewalls, and little vanity license plates, which say Ned. Yep. And uh, the assassins were a reference to the Nike Air Jordans. Which is funny because maybe the look of them were, because I I feel like the look of them were for Jordans, but if they have like the pump in the tongue, like it says... That's the Reebok, you know, the Reebok pumps yeah. from the 90s. So yep. I looked it up. And so so Ned was talking about uh, the, the built-in pedometer yep. and heart rate monitor and stuff like that. And I got to thinking, I'm like, okay, so that sounds like a future product. Like what shoes, sure. what shoes have, now they do. Like Nike makes them, uh, Adidas, a lot of these companies uh, just built-in stuff right into their shoes. So yeah. I looked it up. So I would think this would be a future predicting moment, but it's not. Uh, the Adidas... Micro Pacer is a legendary sneaker. First developed in the early 1980s, the silhouette gained its fame due to the computer built into the tongue, which used to track speed, steps, distance, and the on- onboard pedometer was like unlike anything running community had ever seen before. So it is amazing that something that anyone probably watching this episode that doesn't know much about shoes i guess be like oh that's something that we're gonna see in the future how cool is that nope but but it existed (laughs) in the 80s and i actually looked up the photo the photo i think i feel like they'd be uncomfortable the tongue kind of like they like what i read is like the computer built into the tongue it was a lot beefier like it was oh it was pretty thick i mean i'm guessing they padded i'm guessing they padded the inside but sure. there was like this little computer module on the front with buttons and everything. Yeah, I got to imagine that sneaker would have been very uncomfortable to wear. Yeah. But hey, they someone was thinking in the future for this shoe in the 80s. So unfortunately, not a future prediction, folks, but yeah. a past Still cool. prediction. Still, Still cool, cool that it was that it was that it was in existence. Yeah. So Mar- so the next scene, Marge takes Lisa to Dr. Hibbert's office. And Dr. Hibbert confirms that Lisa has the mumps. She, he tells, tells her he's got to, she's got to miss a week of school. And we find out here that Lisa's favorite uh, subject in school is arithmetic. She yep. likes the math, which you uh, know what? I love, I love math, dude. I mean, uh, I would take math as my favorite subject. Math or science. Well, I guess to be fair in high school, my favorite subject was gym because I got to go bowling. That's, that's not a subject. You don't learn anything. <laughs> I learned how to not be in a classroom and go bowling. I mean, I did bowling for, I think I did it for two semesters, not back to back, but that was the awesome thing about uh, high school is we got to go bowling. Granted, we had to pay for it, but still. Yeah. I mean, well, technically our parents paid for it. Correct. Let's leave it at that. All right. So I like how, so the next shot is Homer at his office with his feet up <laughs> and he has his names written on his shoes. Like he's like, you know what? I might not have the best shoes like Ned Flanders, but I'm damn well going to have my name on it. So Lisa calls him and tells him she has the mumps and asks him to pick up some sneakers or not sneakers, uh, magazines. I mean, and it was a uh, teen dream 
Team Scream and Team Steam magazines. Which I don't know if you'd want your eight-year-old daughter reading. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like growing up, these were kind of like Teen Vogue or Teen Cosmo. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're magazines along those lines. But then Correct. we had, like, what was that? Tiger Beat? And I can't remember any of the other words. Unfortunately, I wasn't an eight-year-old girl, so I didn't. Oh. I, I, the I didn't only these, magazines I were, ever remember reading were the Boy Scout ones, which were kind of fun. Yes, but those were meant for boys. Yeah. Uh, I did skip Not over something right. else. So when Lisa tells Homer that she has the mums, he says, oh, the kissing disease. My little girl's growing up. And here's the thing. That is mono, not mumps. Mono is the kissing disease. Lisa has the mumps. Yep. So Homer, unfortunately, failed on that one. And Lisa, here's the thing. Lisa doesn't correct him. Maybe that was for time or Lisa doesn't didn't know that the mumps wasn't called the kissing disease. Well, probably not. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I don't know necessarily when I learned that, but I feel like I was more high school. I think late middle school, early high school. Yeah. So definitely not eighth grade. So she probably was like, all right, but uh, silly dad. Yeah. So I love how like Homer is like, all right, I got to run out. Lenny cover for me. And he just, he just sits. But here's the thing. Lenny isn't a supervisor, is he? No. Well, Homer's not a, well. He is. He's the safety supervisor. Or he's a safety inspector. I don't yes. think he was ever promoted to supervisor. Oh, maybe not. But, but is does that mean Lenny knows is like a safety inspector too? Is that his job? At I didn't Power think Plant? it was. I mean, to be fair, Homer doesn't know really how to do his job. So I mean, yeah. Lenny could probably do his job if Homer doesn't know how to do it. Yep, I feel like uh, Lenny could do just enough job. I mean, he just sat there and put his feet up, just like Homer does. Yeah, and oh. eats donuts. Yep, and eats donuts. So now we head back to the Simpson home where Lisa's sick and uh, we learn about the Bouvier family uh, patchwork quilt. Mm-hmm. And I had to look this up. Uh, the second frame of the quilt depicts a poster from one of Buffalo Bill's Wild West shows. In addition, the photograph of the falling soldier by Robert Kappa is in the third frame of the quilt. And I, I didn't, I kind of looked this one up. Uh, the fourth one is a graph with the year 1929 on it. And I'm pretty sure that depicts the stock market crash in 1929, also known as Black Tuesday. Yeah. So a World War One uh, doughboy getting. Oh, that was the other one. So a stock market graph with the arrow pointing down and yep. the caption reading 1929. Yeah, that's for the stock market yeah, crash. That's what I thought. I saw it like the other two. I didn't really know. But uh, that last one, I'm like, that probably has to do with the stock market crash. Yeah. And then Marge, Marge's addition to the quilt was the keep on trucking with <laughs> I, yinging, with a yinging sign. I, I didn't know what it meant then. And I still don't know what it means now. All I know is it's a Grateful Dead thing. Is it? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah. It's a Grateful Dead thing. Okay. Which, so Marge grew up, would have been in the 60s. Yeah. So it makes it makes sense yeah. for her to do it. I don't know if she yeah she doesn't even know what it means. So yeah. she probably heard it from some deadhead and was like, "All right, let's, let's, I like it. It's a good saying. Keep on trucking. Yeah. Keep your life moving. Maybe." Uh, I do. It's it's crazy how good Marge is at threading a needle. Well, she just throws it up in the air and it just lands right on her right on the string, and then she ties it off somehow. And like I did, I did. Um... What what is it? Not home? Is it home at home at? Home at. Yep. I I did I did home at in seventh grade. I want to say because I did some of the so like I we sewed pillows and whatnot and I, I I sucked at threading needles. I mean, I eventually got it, but those those holes are tiny. Yep, you just gotta have a you just gotta have a good eye. You I wear glasses. Yeah. And so Homer, yeah. So Homer goes to the mall and the first thing he gets is the magazines. Yeah. And so when Homer's at the newsstand, you see Teen Dream, Teen Scheme, Teen Scream, Teen Steam, Teen Beam, and Non Threatening Boys Magazine. (laughs) 
See, I did not take Which the time to pause it and look at all the <laughs> magazines because I'm like, there's too many. <laughs> yep. So those are all the magazines at apparently this newsstand at the mall. And so I'm guessing non-threatening boys magazine is kind of in reference to what you said, like the Boy Scouts Maybe? magazine. It's possible. I would I would call Boy Scouts non-threatening. Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> so, but I do like how it's a bunch of girly magazines and then a boys magazine. Yeah, yeah. And so Homer's like, okay, fine. I like how the guy laughs at him. He's like, these are for my daughter. Like uh, sure. sure. <laughs> and so he's walking through the mall and runs into the cookie lady. And he's like, ooh, macamadamia nut. Oh, yeah. That's right. And I love how like, She's like, oh, you could buy a cookie inside. It's like, oh, see, that's how they get you. They give you free samples and then they want to buy something. You know what? You're right. I'm going to go buy a cookie. Yeah. I mean, to me, free samples, I can I can usually hold myself off at free samples, especially if I know I can keep coming back to get free samples. Oh, for sure. Like, why would I, I go in and buy a, why would I go in and buy a cookie if I could just get a free sample? Although, that, to be fair, it was a big cookie. It was. I, you know, so when we were, you know, we were little and we would go grocery shopping with her mom. We always went to Sam Sam's Club and they always had the free samples. And it was usually around, I don't know, it was usually around like brunch time, and I would be hungry, so I'm like, ooh, free samples. I'd only take one because yep, I always thought can. I, I see when I was when I was a kid, I always thought. You know, I would get in trouble if I took more than one, but now as an adult, I know they're not going to do anything. So I take as much as I can. Exactly. It's a good, good place to get a free lunch. It is. Especially on a Sunday. If, especially before if, lunch. Yeah. Don't eat, don't eat before uh, meals, kids. So, yep. I mean, you are paying, you are paying for a membership for Sam's Club. So I feel like the free samples are included in your membership. Yeah. So after buying the uh, big cookie, he runs into a shoe store and, uh, he sees the assassins and the tagline for assassins is join the conspiracy. And the assassins are worth $125, which I'm surprised they're not worth more. Well, especially with, all... with what's in it. Yeah. I, I seem like so that's if I'm cheap. Thinking, if I'm, yeah, I think I'm, I'm thinking back to those Adidas. Granted, it was mid eighties. I mean, I guess the price difference between eighties and nineties wasn't probably too horrible, no. but those Adidas were going for one eighty. Really? Yeah. That's cheap for Whoa. what was, I mean, even for the eighties, that's, I mean, I guess if you account for inflation, like those shoes today would probably be like $300. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like because what was in, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it wasn't, it was called a computer, but you, I mean, it was in probably essence, like a step counter Yeah, <laughs> and built into the tongue of the shoe, but I mean, 180, that's pretty good. So, I mean, you go to the nineties now and these are 125. It seems kind of light. I feel like they probably could have been more towards the 200 range. Yeah. But eh, I mean, Hey, Homer was like, you know what? I want them. And then I like how Flanders invades his thoughts. <laughs> like, And then tells him to buy the shoes. Cause he's, he's the, boss. the boss. Yeah. Ned Flanders in a thought bubble. He's the boss. Yep. Which is fun. I, I do like how the fact that Homer hates Ned Flanders so much, but he, he thinks of him as the boss of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's weird. That is kind of weird. So after that, and before he goes in, he does drop the magazines and we'll get to that in a second. So the next scene, Lisa and Marge are in Lisa's room and Bart comes in with Lisa's homework and, Lisa goes, oh, you brought me this, this, and this remedial reading. Bart, do your own homework. I, <laughs> you know, honestly, if we ever had a, like the only time we attended the same school together was elementary school. And I don't think I ever got your homework for you. I think mom or dad would have come and gotten it. Like, and that's if I think, I, I mean, obviously it's a long time ago for me yeah. and I don't know if I can hardly remember, but I think maybe one or two times I was sick. I ever got homework sent home. But other than that, it was all just makeup work when I, when I got yeah. back. So like, I, I never had the chance to give you your homework. Had I had that chance, I probably would have tried to sneak in my own homework with it. And I would have been like, I've already done this homework before. Is this a repeat? Are they repeating my homework? From the first grade? Um, so Homer, from the first grade? What? So yeah. Homer walks in and uh, he's like, hey, Lisa, here's your magazines. And he's like, 
how many of these guys are named Corey? Oh, uh, you know, I saw, eight. I saw, I saw that. I saw the name Corey written in the notes. And I'm like, what is that alluding to? Did somebody not type out a full sentence or? So okay. no, I that, was, that makes it was, sense. It was that more of sense. a, it was more of a, it was, I, I sometimes do that to remind myself to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so but, we, we did see Homer drop the magazines and he was thoughtful enough to remember to pick them back up. Yep. And I like how Lisa's like eight. Thanks dad. <laughs> and so we're, we'll get to this even in, I think much, much later episode, but we like, we, there is a complete episode where Lisa gets addicted to calling the Corey hotline. Oh, that's right. Wasn't that when she babysat? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so Bart comes in and he's like, Oh my God, assassins. And then Homer's like, yeah, it's like, well, they better be for 125 big ones. Yeah. March did not under, did not know. And she's like, well, we're supposed to talk to each other about big purchases. And I forget uh, what Homer had said to like, kind of, you know, say, oh yeah, this is the reason I bought them because you bought all this stuff. Yep. And, and I'll tell you guys for anyone who's married or thinking about getting married I am addicted to buying Funko Pop vinyls, and my wife uses that against me anytime she wants to buy a pair of shoes, a brand new dress, or anything that costs money, because she'll be like, well, you get to go out and buy all the, you don't consult me when I go out and buy all your Funko Pops. She's so, right. See, see, that's she the is great right. Thing. See, that's the great thing about being single, because you're the one that got me addicted to Funko Pops, and I'm, <laughs> I'm currently surrounded by a uh, about 20 unopened boxes of them. Um, <laughs> and so, but that's great. I'm single. I don't have to take accountability to anybody for spending my money because, you know, I know what I can spend where you're married with a kid. You should probably be consulting your wife about what you're buying. Exactly. So for all you, all you listeners out there that are married, or are thinking about getting married or having a girlfriend, just keep this in mind. Do not be a homer. Don't don't, be a- <laughs> don't don't bring that up. Don't bring up what your significant other is purchasing as a way to justify your purchases. Yeah. Don't don't do it. It's not a good idea. No. So switching gears, uh, we go to the next scene and uh the TV is on, and we see Kent Brockman covering the babysitter bandit from season one. And yep. then uh, it switches channels and then it switches channels again. And we oh, you see forgot uh, the, you, for, you forgot what Ken Brockman was uh, talking about. He was talking about the breakout of the babysitter bandit. Was that she what it was? Jail. Oh, I missed it that. was. Okay. Yes. So, so then we get to uh, Troy McClure and his TV show. And if you notice the voice was different, that's because it was, it was not voiced by Phil Hartman. It was voiced by Dan Castellaneta. Oh, interesting. So they did not get Phil Hartman back to reprise Troy McClure for this, albeit, you know, like five second scene, 10 second scene. But, you know, so and the, the TV keeps changing channels and we find out that Santa's little helper is lying on the couch chewing on the remote. Which we've never had a dog that's done that. No. Thank God. No, Charlie ate Kleenex. He ate books. He ate other food, but he never ate the remote. I've been to a house on a job before where I had to replace a remote because the dog ate the remote. So this, <laughs> this is real. Don't worry. I, I, You know, I'm I'm surprised in this episode we didn't get uh, Santa's little helper eating Lisa's homework. Well, that's more Bart's homework because he never does it. Yeah. And so Santa's little helper gets off the couch and is looking around and he spots Homer's brand new assassins and the shoelace drops maybe from wind. Who knows? So I I hate this scene. I hate this scene because as you just said, the shoelace drops. Why? There's nothing there to move the shoelace. It's been sitting up there for (laughs) who knows how long. You could have just put the shoes. You could have just put the shoes on the ground. Like you probably like, I feel like Homer would have just left them on the ground and not put them high up on the shelf. Cause I highly doubt he would have thought seeing his little helper would have eaten the shoes. So well, who, ha- who does that-, that? Anyone out there put their shoes high up on a shelf or do you put them on? I mean, most people, yes, might have like a shoe rack in their front entrance or a closet in their front entrance so that they put it. But yes, most, I don't think most people put their shoes high up unless Homer was like, you know what? 
this dog has been eating things. I'm going to put my shoes where he can't get them. But the problem is we don't see that play out. Yeah. So to have the shoes on the shelf, on the top shelf of the closet, fine. But then to have the shoelaces drop so that the, the dog can eat the shoes to continue further to the story. Come on. That is, that, that's awful writing. Just have the shoes on the ground, have Santa's little helper see them, and then voila, it, it makes more sense. I hate this scene. I hate, let's move on. I hate All right. <laughs> and so after the shoes are eaten, uh, they're like, okay, we got to get help for this dog. This dog's completely uh, off his rocker. And so Marge opens up the phone book and they're, I like how in most animated shows and they, they show phone books, they show like people looking for certain things and everything is usually like blurred out. Like it's, oh not- yeah, this one, there's like numbers for everything. Yes. And so it's kind of funny, but you, the, the ones they're looking at are big ass, like, are, uh, maybe at, not advertisements, but big, I'm sure they paid for the space within the phone book to, to have oh, their yeah. business, but you got, you got a few of them. You got East side rough form school, which is obviously for those, uh, dogs from the other side of the tracks. Yep. You got Professor Von Bowser's san- sanitarium for dogs. <laughs> we taught a dog to drive. <laughs> Which, I mean, these are these are for the crazy dogs. Yeah. Uh, you got Dr. Marvin Monroe's Canine Therapy Institute. Your dog and, isn't the problem. You are. <laughs> yes, because Marvin Monroe likes to blame other people for their problems. Yep. And then Emily Winthrop's Canine College. Yep, and so Marge is like, oh, this looks great. Let's enroll him into this one. I mean, I feel like Santa's Little Helper might have been more uh, the sanitarium for dogs. Probably, or even, or maybe even, no, I was going to say Eastside Reform School, but. Uh, no, 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 he's out. He's outside of that. He's not yeah. a mean dog. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a mean dog. But no. the other thing is, the, the Dr. Marvin Monroe's one, I guess that would have led another uh, cameo for Marvin Monroe if they decided to go that route, but I like how they're the slogan with the dogs. The dog isn't the problem. You are to be fair. If the owners are not training the dog, it is, the tr- is, it's, it is definitely the human's problem. So the one thing that bugs me about society is the, you know, how people like all oh, pit bulls are bad dogs. You know, they're, they're mean. And you know what? If a dog is mean, it's because the owner treats them badly. Yes. So Dr. Marvin Monroe's Institute therapy canine Institute would be more for, you know, bad owners, you know, there, he's going to be like, you're a bad owner. And maybe Dr. Marvin Monroe would just take the dog away if the owner isn't treating the dog correctly. So yeah. For anybody out there who thinks dogs are bad because of their breed, they're not. It's the owner's fault. Yes. Except for Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are a whole different category of dog. Yep. So we get to Emily Winthrop, which is a parody of Mar- Margaret Thatcher in her mannerisms. And she is based off of a uh, British dog trainer and author, Barbara Woodhouse. And she is and also, also by Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman. Yeah. So, you know, she, she is the creator that, well, she's not the creator of the Simpsons, but she's the one that, had the shorts on her show. So you gotta, you gotta throw her a bone, man. And she does a wonderful job. Wonderful job. I mean, it is funny how she, she, I mean, her accents are pretty good, obviously in the, with, uh, with this one, she's doing a British accent. The other one, she's got an American accent. So she's actually pretty good voice actor. Um, so we get a look at the room of all the dogs. We see Jacques, the bowling instructor. He has a French poodle. We see Martin is the proud owner of a Sharpay. <laughs> Which, I I mean, that's kind of a Martin dog. I would I would go with. Yeah. And then they start with Satan's little helper. I, I mean, mean Santa, <laughs> Santa's little helper. So, Sorry. So did she read that wrong, or did Bart write Satan? I'm guessing he had to have written Satan because he can't spell. Yeah. Maybe I. It's possible. Just remember, though, Satan is an anagram for Santa. It is. So take that as a the greatest salt. <laughs> so then we get into the training and she's like, remember these two words, choke chain. And I, I get Bart's not wanting to use the choke chain on Santa's little helper. Uh, we had a choke chain when we had Charlie. I don't oh, know. Yeah. if it, I don't know if that helped. I, we also had the shot collar too, for a little bit. 
I'm not sure if those things really helped. He was a good dog. He listened to commands. We we did we were able to train him, but I I don't know what the effect that the choke chain or the shock collar really had on him. Well, I mean, the shock collar for barking is pretty effective because if you bark and you get shocked, you won't want to do it again. And obviously it takes, you know, it, it is a training thing too. So if you choke the dog because they're not doing what you want it to do, you give it a treat and then eventually you can remove the choke chain because they, they know this sensation. They're like, oh, if yeah. I don't do this, they know. But for Charlie and Cooper, the choke chain was actually more meant for them pulling on walks. Because yeah. if they're choking themselves while on a walk, they're not going to want to <laughs> do it again. Yeah, I always felt bad, though, putting the choke chain on Charlie. Obviously, I wasn't old enough with Cooper because, I mean, uh, he passed away when I was in the first grade. So I was like six. So he was already there for like, I mean, I only was really mentally capable of understanding the dog for like a couple years. So I didn't have that emotional attachment. I was still sad when we had to put him down, but with Charlie, I always felt bad putting the choke chain on him. So I understand Bart not wanting to use the choke chain. Yeah. Bart throughout so far between season one and two, his empathy rating has been like up and down like this episode, a lot of empathy Bart versus Thanksgiving zero empathy until the very end like it it seems like bart's mental capacity for certain things seems to fluctuate depending on the storyline well it seems like and i i feel like that that stems from as spoiler alert we we learn in like season 12 the adderall episode when he has to take the the ritalin or whatever he has adhd So I, I don't know if anybody out there who's diagnosed with ADHD or ADD can talk to how you feel towards others or show empathy. If that if that affects your how you show empathy, I'd love to know, because I kind of wonder if, you know, we know as we learn way down the road, he has ADHD that might contribute to it or he's just a little sociopath. Yeah, yeah that too. Although so soci- sociopaths. Sociopaths do not show empathy. They know how to fake it, but they don't know actually how to feel it. Yeah. Hey, do you like Cards Against Humanity? I sure do. Well, what if you could play Cards Against Humanity Simpsons style? That would be amazing. Well, now you can. Check out CardsAgainstTheSimpsons.com to buy your very own set of Simpsons Against Humanity. You know, I see a lot of podcasts give out discount codes. Is there a promo code I could use? There sure is. Use promo code SimpsonsPod. That's S-I-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-O-D to receive a 10% discount on Cards Against Humanity, the Simpsons way. Ay caramba, that's a good deal. But for all of our listeners out there, if you want a better deal, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to get a different promo code to save even more. That is correct. So head over to Facebook, the Simpsons did it page, Instagram, Simpsons did it pod and Twitter, Simpsons did it PC to get that code. And as always, everything's coming up Millhouse. So we uh, cut to Lisa and Marge watching soap operas while they're sewing their uh, um, quilt. quilt. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I mean, I've watched a few soap operas here and there. And our mom used to watch them way back in the day. I doubt she does anymore. I, she uh, doesn't spend much time inside the house. I think she's still... No, she might not watch them anymore. I think but she more... Growing up, she used to watch them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. And But it's really funny, the type of stuff within soap operas <laughs> that... You're my Lisa evil twin! No, I'm not. You're dead. What? <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah i mean it it is kind of funny like what what lisa's watching and then marge is like i don't normally watch them all the time except i watch this one because blah 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 blah. i'm like that's exactly why you watch them yeah every episode is like that there's always weird twists in soap operas that you're watching all the time wasn't this um, the so one where the two characters in the soap opera were gonna start making love and uh, that's when lisa's like oh this is steamy like why is Marge letting Lisa watch this stuff? I I don't know, <laughs> but she maybe maybe she's like, okay, this is this is what life is really like when you grow up. 
Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Um, so then we flash back to the canine college and we see all the dogs are better than Bart's. Well, like they same. show him rolling over. They show him sitting. Is this the I part? I like how everyone's. I was going to say, is, is this the part with the, the steak? No, not yet. Okay. I'm ahead of this myself. Is, this is just. A, uh, yes. This is more of just a montage of like the, the dogs rolling down the stairs all nicely and sitting and. Martin's dog is balancing like books on his head and, yeah. and while Bart's trying to get his dog still to sit. And then after that montage, we cut to Homer trying to return the shoes to the <laughs> who's store. Gonna, who's going to take those shoes back? I love the fact that Homer yep. is like, Oh, uh, my, see, my dog was bringing me my shoes and then they just fell apart. I don't know what happened. Yep. So at the Springfield mall, the shoe store carries footwear grouped by sport um, there's uh, bocce ball, kickboxing, street crime, and nightlife. <laughs> By the way, we got super ahead of ourselves with the cookie because this is where the cookie happens. No, no, doesn't he buy the cookie? He buys the cookie the when he buys the shoes. I think no, this is just no. This is afterwards because he tries to return the cookie or he tries to return the shoes. Buys the cookie, writes the note, oh. and, then, and, then, and then we get to the quilt. Right. The, yeah, so you got ahead of yourself there. Way, wow. to, way to spoil really the story. Yeah. That's, I was like, kind of we were talking about I it. Even write cookies. I did. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't uh, didn't notice that. My bad, everyone. I, I completely apologize for getting <laughs> off track on the, on the story. So for those of you who are now reaching this moment in the podcast... <laughs> Um, you probably already heard this part, so feel free to fast forward past it or just listen to us rant again. Um, so yeah, so free yeah, samples, blah, blah, blah. That's how you get, that's how they get you. And he buys the cookie. So then he goes home with the cookie and he's like, well, I don't want anybody else to eat this. So he writes a note that's like Homer uh, or property of Homer Simpson. And I should have written down what he wrote on the note, but it was basically don't touch this cookie. And, and he wrote, well, he wrote hands off. Okay. At the and very he, end of the note, he wrote hands off. Yeah. So, he so tries, after he put, tries to physically putting the cookie in the cookie <laughs> jar, which it doesn't fit, but to be fair, he left it visible to Santa's little helper who mm. literally walks in right. So Homer walks out, <laughs> Santa's little helper walks in. Yeah. And so the funny thing, the funny thing about it is Santa's little helper, instead of eating the cookie, apparently, in the kitchen mm-hmm. decides to take the cookie up to Lisa's room. Yeah. So how did nobody see him and with the cookie? Yes. Like, and then not only that, but they saw they would have had to walk into Lisa's room. Yeah. And so I, I guess I don't know exactly where in the house everyone was, but Lisa was yeah. like, Oh, Ma, come up to Lisa's room to see what Lisa did while she was sick. Yep. And, uh, and so Lisa, during that time, Lisa shows Marge her sewing finger, how she could do everything. And then this the, is where, so this is where music from uh, E.T., the extra extraterrestrial plays. And when Lisa and Marge touch fingers, that is in reference to the final scene of E.T., where yep. E.T. and Elliot touch fingers. Yes. That's what you do with an alien who's going to leave. You touch their finger. Their glowing finger. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... So now Homer, Lisa, and Marge all go upstairs and we see Santa's little helper ravaging the quilt. The quilt. And, and because I have a dog that likes to destroy his toys, yeah, not necessarily our stuff sometimes, but it takes a long time. I feel like our dog takes forever destroying anything. And so I feel like Santa's little helper wouldn't have just been able to go over there and uh, completely destroy a, a quilt. Yeah. My, my other question, well, no, not. So to answer your question about how maybe he got up there with nobody seeing him, it's possible that Lisa and Marge went downstairs and obviously there's, you know, multiple ways to get to the stairs in their house. So maybe Marge and Lisa went yeah. downstairs to get Homer and Santa's little helper snuck up the stairs and into the room. And then maybe like Lisa and Marge were trying to convince Homer to, to see the quilt and Homer didn't really want to, but then he caved in and then that's when they saw Santa's little helper wrecking everything. Yeah. 
So I, I guess I don't know how much time was in between all that, but I feel like he still wouldn't have been able to destroy. No, com- probably com- not completely. Um, but then Homer tries to comfort Marge about the quilt, saying, "You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just a quilt." And then he sees the note. Then he sees the note from the cookie, and, and he's like, "God down. damn it!" Yeah, he freaks out about and the cookie. Like it's it's like the end of the world Ooh. that that cookie is gone. Yeah. Um, and so now they're like, "Okay, everyone." Family meeting. We've and never had a family meeting a... before. Yeah. We've never had a, well, we've we've never never had had a family a member that we'd want to give away before. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, that they couldn't give away optionally. Like, so basically yeah. saying, you know, if Lisa, Maggie, or Bart do anything bad, they just can't give them away. Where with Santa's little helper, they, they could still give them, give them away. Yep. And so Marge agrees with Homer on the, on the topic, which is probably the first time Marge has agreed to anything Homer's crazy yeah. ideas have thought up of. Well, do Maybe. you really want to keep a bad dog around? Well, Granted, no. it's their problem uh, that he's not trained correctly. Yes, and it, it seems like Lisa and Bart, I mean, they love their dog. I mean, Homer was the one that brought him home. I mean, he had him yeah. in his arms. He looked at it into the Santa's little helper's eyes like, oh, okay, come home with us. And I mean... It was it was a great moment, like introducing Santa's little helper to the family. Everyone enjoyed yeah. it. And, you know, that was really how the dog stuck. But they kind of uh, you never see really any training. You never see Santa's little helper in any form of, you know, togetherness with the family. He just seems to be running around the house, kind of like Maggie just yeah. running around the house rampant. Yeah. So after after uh, Bart is like, all right, if he passes obedience school, we get to keep him. And Homer, uh, Marge and Homer begrudgingly agree to it. And we go back to the obedience school and there's different categories for each uh, for all the dogs named after famous dogs. We have Rin Tin Tin. We have Benji. We have Toto. And then we have the one that Santa's little helper is in Cujo. Because, you know, I don't I don't. Now to be fair to call Cujo, Cujo. Now to be fair to Cujo, Cujo had rabies. Yes. He wasn't necessarily a bad dog. And then he got the rabies and then he turned into, you know, a bad dog who wanted to kill everybody because mystical rabies. It's been a while since I've read Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily call Santa's little helper uh Cujo, but but yeah, so uh Bart you know, the dog still can't follow command because he goes after the beef Wellington. They're like, how how can your dog just sit there and stay while this beef Wellington sits on the floor? And then, and then uh, Bart's like, come on, stay, stay, stay. And he's being no. dragged over to the to the beef Wellington and he just eats it. Yeah, I do like the fact. So I, th- I believe it's after this, we go back to the Simpsons and Marge and Homer are typing out an ad for yeah. uh, Santa's little helper because uh, Homer's like, he'll never pass obedience school. And He's like, he tells Marge, and he says, I love you on command. Yep. And so then we go to another scene where Homer's on the phone with, you know, somebody to give him away. And he's and he goes, I love you as a dog. <laughs> like, who really buys that? I don't, well, the moron on the other end of the phone, apparently. Yeah. And so Bart goes and uh, pleads with Winthrop to pass his dog since she gets paid either way. Yep. And then uh, forces Bart to use the choke chain, which, man, he just does. He's like, doesn't does not want to do it. He actually ends up using it. And he's like, I'm sorry, boy. I really didn't want to have to use this. Yeah, I get it. So I, it gets I get kind it. Of sad. You don't want to you don't want to hurt the ones you love physically anyways. I mean, you don't want to do it verbally. Yep. And so we head back and Lisa starts making a new quilt on her. I mean, it's kind of nice on her yeah. own. And her first patch is about <laughs> the destruction of the old quilt. You know, they had the stock market crash on there. It's it's only fitting. It, yeah. it fits with the yeah. quilt. Yep. And so Bart's in the backyard with Santa's little helper. Lisa comes out, kind of gives him a pep talk. And then. Bart just starts playing with Santa's little helper, tugging I, I, with the sock and uh, throwing a ball around. I and... like the one, uh, the one part where there, where Bart throws in the frisbee, and instead of catching it, it just hits Santa's little helper in the face. Yeah, he's not very good with with frisbees. But one thing that this really, really takes is so, and so Bart, you know, is like, I wish you could just sit, and he sits, and he says, "Speak, roll over," and 
Santa's little helper knows all the commands. What this really just says is all it takes is a little love and playtime with your animal for him to basically respect you. Oh, and yeah. That's, it's I an mean, emotional it's an emotional connection. I mean, yeah. I mean that's kind of the one thing that, yeah. I mean, Bob Well, well that's the one you. thing we're dealing with at home. Well, he does, but here's the thing. We, ever since we had our kid, it's less time with Bob, which used to be more. Yeah. And that's, and, and he's gotten a lot more unruly. Like he grabs Elliot's toys. He grabs things that doesn't belong to him. He just does it because he wants attention. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Well, and so this to be fair, really you're, gets you're, home. even before you had Elliot, like when I would come to visit, we would play, you know, watch TV or play video games. He would growl at us. He always wanted attention, but it's probably more so now because you have a kid and he's not getting the same amount of attention. Yep. And so I'll tell you just by playing with them, like taking that time, playing with your dog, they'll end up respecting you more. Their demeanor will change. So uh, Bart brings uh, Santa's little helper back to uh, the college and he does all the commands for her. I mean, she's, I mean, she's a gas. She's like, what did she say? She's like, you son of a bitch. Good show. And, 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 and graduation of obedience. And to be fair, she didn't really swear. Bitch is the uh, pronoun or not pronoun is the, uh, the proper way to call a female dog. Something is Santa's little helper, a female dog. No, he's a son of a, a son of a female dog. Clearly. Oh, right. right, right. Son of a bitch. There you go. Technically she is so, correct. Hey. Yep. So after graduating, the dogs throw their choke collars into the air. Like people graduate, throw their caps. And I like how uh, the dogs think they're going to end up getting rid of them. Ah, no, they're all going to get them right back. So after that, we get uh, the title cards a la the Animal House. If anybody has watched Animal House, which it's been a really long time, but they've done this in like Futurama. I I believe South Park it's, is probably it's it's, it's a been pop done. culture it's a pop culture thing. So we get uh, Buddy who ran away from home, Lao Tzu who I believe was Martin's dog, and yep, Lao Tzu. And Lao Tzu is uh, a Chinese philosopher, which would make sense for Martin. Uh, eight poisonous toad now in coma, and finally yep, and that's probably well that's probably why we barely see. Uh, we'll have to see if Martin's dog does come back again because doesn't no that's Millhouse with the tiny little yeah he's puppy got the thing. Yeah, we'll, and then we'll see if Martin's dog ever comes out of that coma. And then we get Santa's little helper, Bit Bart, Homer didn't mind. Because as we all know, Homer Homer doesn't really like Bart. Well, he loves Bart. Doesn't he also, like what Bart's do. Yeah. But he loves Bart. Remember, so, he was always like, and Lisa, blah, blah, blah. And Bart, we love Bart. Bart. So my final thoughts on this episode, I liked parts of it. I wasn't a fan of the discombobulation of this episode, I felt like it hopped around a little bit too much. Um, I did like the overall message of, you know, you got to train your dog. Dogs are part of the family. I absolutely hated the scene where uh, Santa's little helper got Homer's assassin sneakers. You know, there was funny bits with uh, Homer thinking Ned was the boss, Homer buying the cookie. Uh, I had some emotional moments. I mean, it's, you kind of have to do it with the dog episode because dog is man's best friend. Uh, But overall, I, oh man, I'm going to go with a three. Don't have a cow. It's not their best effort. Uh, It's not their worst. It's just, it's just too discombobulated. And it would have been a four if it wasn't for that stupid sneaker in the closet scene. Uh, I didn't necessarily care. I mean, I didn't care about the sneaker scene. It is what it is, but I'm going to go with a four and sprinkles. Cause I mean, it's just funny the way that Bart acts around the dog. And it's, it's amazing. The connection that Bart and the dog actually have, you do learn in much later episodes that the connection that those two characters actually have is really huge. And I think it does kind of stem from this episode and the amount of time that, they spend together. And obviously the title of the episode is Bart's dog gets enough, which, you know, it is a family dog, but really, but until you really see this episode for what it is, you realize that this is Bart's dog. Bart takes care of it. Bart, you know, I I would assume walks it or at least lets it out, um, feeds it, plays with it. 
the side the kind of the side story of homer and the assassins is just hilarious i mean i remember it to to remember this episode just in general assassins is the thing that sticks out you talk about bart's dog and obedience school but the thing that sticks out about this episode really is the assassins and which is probably not a good thing though because the whole central theme of this episode is bart's dog no 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 i i know that but it just it, it, it's one of those pieces in the episode that really does stick out, which is just really funny because who doesn't like Homer getting uh, into a fight with Ned Flanders? I mean, I, I, not, really, not necessarily into a fight, but getting jealous of something Ned Flanders has. has. And so what I, there is one other thing I did want to mention about this episode, which is really funny. And this is, this is probably um, a new record for, for Homer. So this episode featured uh six does. Oh wow. So the doe count for this episode was six. Five okay. of them came from Homer and one came from Bart. Yep. So we'll uh we'll keep some tabs, but I don't think there's any other episode in Simpsons history, I would have to say, that feature more does than mm, than this episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you on that and say you're wrong. All right. Well, we're we're gonna keep an eye on the dough count uh, going forward. If we figure out an episode that has more than six, then uh, we'll announce it on air. Yep. If uh, anyone out there knows of an episode that has more than six, let us know, and we'll uh, when we get to that episode, we will uh, monitor it. Yeah. Yes, we will. All right. So, how about our character profile this week? Who do we got? We got uh, the one, the only. Emily Winthrop, voiced by Tracy Ullman. Nice. Uh, she is the owner-operator of Emily Winthrop's Canine College. Her nationality is British. Yep. Uh, her experience is training dogs since at least 1954, when she graduated Lord Smiley. Now, I googled Lord Smiley, and the only thing close to relevant that I could get to that name was yeah. a British Navy officer who served on some ship between 1951 and 1954. Uh, That's there was no dog Lord Smiley. There was nothing I could, I could, well, I guess. Okay. So technically there was one Lord Smiley dog and that yeah. was from like, that was from 1990. So maybe it was, it was like 1990, 91, who was uh, the very first blind service dog. so it could have been in reference to that i was kind of focused on the 1954 part not necessarily the the name but i did lord smiley plus dog and i got Mm -hmm. i got that dog the the service dog that was blind so so i don't know uh to 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 backtrack a little bit and this has to do with emily winthrop uh i don't know if it got deleted or i never wrote it down uh but in the uh scene where Bart pleads with her to pass Santa's little helper. She says, heaven, uh, heaven, uh, heavens to Murgatroyd. And that was popularized by Snagglepuss. Not uh, Huckleberry oh. Hound. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. So just well, a little tidbit. She has yeah. some uh, reference in there for her. Um, yeah. So commands, believes, choke, and chain are the <laughs> most important words in life. Yeah. The- I guess if she uh, lives with dogs, I mean, I feel like choke chain nowadays is not used as much with the way society has kind of gone. Like I don't feel yeah. like a lot of dog owners are using them anymore. Um, but speciality, humiliating owners of bad dogs. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. When uh, Santa's little helper peed on the, on the floor and Bart had to wash it up and everyone stood around watching. That's uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. And her favorite magazine is Jocko, J-O-C-O, which stands for Journal of Canine Obedience. Makes sense. She's an obedience yeah. owner. And lastly, her kudos rewards dogs and people equally for a <laughs> job well done. I mean, even people need positive reinforcement. Yes. Well, Bart rolled over and Santa's little helper couldn't, so she gave him a toffee. Yeah. So uh, where where can people uh, find our podcast? Well, you can find us on Facebook, on our page, The Simpsons Podcast, or The Simpsons Did It Podcast, on Instagram, The Simpsons Did It Pod, 
on Twitter, Simpsons Did It PC. You can listen to our podcast on every major podcast network. Uh, you can listen to us on YouTube. And uh, one thing we also want to give a shout out, uh, like every episode, to our uh, the fine folks at uh, Yellow Fifty One. Mm-hmm. Um, they did our logo for um, our podcast, our yeah. Facebook page, our logo on there. Um, they did a phenomenal job. Fantastic. And- and they they are always willing to draw you in whatever Simpsons light you want to see yourself in. Um, so go check them out. I'm just uh, getting the website here. Fifty one yellow. So it's fifty one five one yellows dot club is their website. So go check them out on there. And currently um, they are doing a seventy percent off sale, probably for the holidays. Yep. So you just go over there and uh, you choose the number of people you want in the photo. You choose the type of picture. Um, you can choose one of their default backgrounds. You can do a custom one so you can describe where you want your picture to be. Basically, uplo- upload the file of your families. You leave your name, your email address, any comments, and boom, in about two weeks, they're going to send you a digital copy of your picture, which you can print, frame, Throw on your website, do whatever you want, and you will be as yellow as the Simpsons. Yeah, it, they they do a phenomenal job. Be sure to check out their website and uh, give their services a try. Perfect. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolanski. I'm your co-host, Robert Skolanski. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. <laughs>